0: Hello, my name is Rashida Hudson. I'm 33 years old. I am originally from Detroit, Michigan, and I'm an artist.
1: My name is Tristan Hudson. I'm 33 years old. I'm from the west side of the best city in the planet, Detroit, Michigan. I'm an artist as well.
0: So, Tristan and I, we've been together for five years now, and before We've got married. We were dating for about 11 months, but we knew each other even longer than that. So we have a span of at least 20 years.
1: Trashida and I have two kids, two boys specifically. One is four and the other is two. Our love story is magical. It has a mature and mutual respect. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, Let's hear their love story.
0: It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet. Take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression. But you know what will cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like,
1: What the f*** is going on?
0: Get the crap online and listen to Science verses. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of
1: stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's
0: Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. So my dating life, oof, before I met Tristan, oh gosh. I pretty much had given up on love. I got to the point where I just had to like have a talk with God and say, you know what, I'm just take my heart because every time I end up giving it to someone, they end up crushing it. And I said, you know, I'm I'm just done. I just I have to focus on me.
1: Oh, man, my dating life before I met Rashida was wild. A month before I had a girlfriend, we broke up, but I was also still seeing my ex-girlfriend. So I was cheating. I was being a terrible person. And I was also messing with other girls (laughs) at that same time. So I was in a love triangle, was messing with other girls. I was working, it was wild. I was a true bachelor or a man horse, they call it.
0: Tristan and I, we met actually in junior high, sixth grade to be exact. And it was funny because in the seventh grade, or should I say in the sixth grade over the summertime going into the seventh grade, I realized I was with one of my friends like, oh my gosh, It was an epiphany. I think I have a crush on Tristan. So when the fall season started, I didn't know how to act around him. So I was like, okay, uh," and then I would hit him. There was like these love taps. I was always punching on him. I don't know. And then the eighth grade came and then we were just kind of like best, you know, friends. It was kind of like we were hanging in the same group of friends. And, you know, we went to our dinner dance together. And then 16, year when we turned 16, we dated. He broke my heart, so we took a 12 year hiatus.
1: I kissed another girl, but I mean, we was kids. Who didn't do anything stupid when they were 16? You know, at that point, I wasn't thinking with my full mind. I wasn't developed, and that's all it was. But I mean, I I realized growing up that, you know, that definitely can break somebody's heart, especially if they like you.
0: I'm just saying this. You cannot have told me in a million years that him and I were to ever reconnect. It just, I wouldn't, no, no, not at all. And somehow, some way, he reconnected with me on social media, which I was ignoring. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then somehow, I don't know how it happened, but he ends up having my number. I guess I gave it to him. And he calls me randomly. And how that happens is he first opens up the conversation is, Rashida, this is Tristan. Do you forgive me? (laughs) I mean, I was shocked. Yes, I forgave Tristan. However... It was kind of like, okay, this is random. I haven't talked to you in like almost 13 years. And why are you calling now? And why are you talking about something that happened when we were 16? I'm over it. (laughs) And so he just said, well, I just felt terrible. You know, I've been, you know, doing some channeling on myself and trying to figure some things out. And I just wanted to, you know, make sure you were okay. And then from that first conversation, for some reason, we kept talking. And it was October. And next thing you know, we're talking some more and I don't know, those old feelings were starting to come back. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then, (laughs) of course, I'm kind of like keeping my guard up because I'm like, I know what happened in our past. I know our history. I just want to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But for some reason, it just felt natural, given that like 12, 13 year hiatus, not speaking or seeing each other at all. He went to go experience life, so did I, and it's to the point where when we did finally meet in person, there was nothing I wanted to change about him.
1: We had so many dates, to be honest. We didn't consider them like dates, we were just hanging out. So we didn't really make anything official until, I wanna say after my birthday in February. I can say our first meetup was at the hookah bar. She texted me and she said, hey, I just moved back to Detroit and I was at my best friend's house, being an old man watching football or whatever. Mind you, this is the middle of the winter time. So I was like, hey, uh, Rashida just messaged me to meet her at Vanilla. He like, all right, bro, go ahead. I'm about to go to bed anyway, peace. So I had to go freshen myself up, went home. He only stayed around the corner. So I went home, you know, kind of lined myself up, threw on the cap, put my coat on, you know. I met her up there. I was kind of in awe because she's like a unicorn to me. She's still a unicorn, so I couldn't believe that it was her. And then I was like, "Damn, she still look good." We smoked hookah and caught up and and just had a good night, you know. And I, after that, I played them some music and, and she was like, "Okay, I gotta go back to Portage and you know get my stuff. I'll be moving fully this week." So that was the beginning of it. And then we started having little just stay, hey, just go out and get a drink, get some chicken wings, you know. Little stuff like that. But we weren't calling them dates yet. We was just hanging out as friends. That's all.
0: And each time we were hanging out, I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder how it feels to kiss him. I think I remember from when we were 16, but that first kiss, I want to say we were at a brewery and it was Valentine's Day. When we actually kissed from the brewery, it just, it felt natural. Like I had the butterflies for sure. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was in like the dead of winter for us in February. That was the day that I broke my phone, but we're drinking these brews. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect date. And again, it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel anything, but it just, it felt (laughs) warm. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh, I'm so cheesy right now. It felt warm for me on the insides, like I had the butterflies and from there I was like, okay, if he's willing to, you know, put a label on this, I think I'm ready.
1: It was much better than our first kiss, back when we were 16 and we saw Too Fast, Too Furious. That was a weird time, I guess. Cause he was my friend first. So when you're young, you don't think about being intimate with your friends, but when you grow older, you understand that your partner is your best friend. That's how relationships work out. You got to be their friend first.
0: The first time we said we love each other and how we felt, I want to say he said it first because I was hesitant. I was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to put my cards out there just yet and lay them out for you if it's not being reciprocated. So, you know, if you make the move, I will follow. So I want to definitely say he said it first I just can't remember exactly where we were when it happened. I felt like we were at home somewhere. But when he said it, it just felt like, okay, well, I feel the same way. I love you too. I I think I am falling in love with you.
1: I think it was like a month or two in. I do remember us going to my friend's house. In my mind, I knew like she was the one standing in his living room. Everybody was wishing me a happy birthday because me and his birthday's in January, mine's in February. We decided to have a party together. We went over there, we had a group of small friends. And in that moment, I was like, yo, I love her. She's the one. I guess it was how she was interacting with my friends, how they was having a good time. Or whatever the case may be, I knew that I was comfortable with telling her. So it was definitely in those first two or three months of us dating that I said, uh, I love you. So I had these feelings like, ah, man, I got to pop the question because this is it. This is the one. She feels like the one. So I asked my cousin Kendricka, like, hey, can you go ring shopping with me to make sure I'm doing the right thing? And she was like, you about to pop the question. And I'm like, yeah. So we went to we went to Fairlane Mall and um, I opened up a line of credit, was able to get the ring. I held on to it for two months. My plan was to propose on her birthday, which is in July. That was the longest two months ever. Because it's like somebody telling you a secret that's so juicy and good that you can't tell anybody else. You just beaming like, I gotta get this out. And fast forward, it's her birthday. It was a dope day. I had a fresh bald haircut. You know, I went and got spiffy. Went and got fresh clothing-wise. I had already made the reservations like uh, two weeks before. So we went there. We was having dinner. And I told her, you know, I'm about to go to the car and get your gift. But I was lying. So, (laughs) I went to the the help desk. My waiter, she was fiddling around with some other stuff. And I, I said, hey, I'm about to propose to my girlfriend. I'm gonna go to the car and get the ring. When I come back, I need you to hide it in like a dessert or something. I just need you to bring the ring or something that could surprise her. So she was like, all right, cool. I get back to the table. I was like, you know what, baby? I forgot your present. Just being impatient and just rushing. And I just said, you know what? When we get back home, I'll give it to you then. And she said, okay, that's fine. And the waitress, she brought a, a dessert. It's like a brown a lava cake. But in chocolate, she wrote, will you marry me? She's talking to me the whole time. She doesn't even pay attention to when the waitress puts the plate in front of her. So she sits the plate in front of her. She doesn't look down. You know, when you get your plate, you look down like, oh, I can't wait to smash this. She didn't look down. She just kept engaging with me, talking about whatever we was talking about. I used what, what we were talking about in conversation, and I just segued into, well, How would you feel about spending the rest of your life with me? And she was like, huh? Like, what does that have to do with who are we talking about? So then I got out of my seat, got down on one knee. Of course, as a ball, man, I'm sweating because I'm nervous. It's not crowded. It's couples in booths around us. It's a couple behind us in a booth. So as soon as I got on my knee, (laughs) the lady in the booth,
0: she said, oh, my God,
1: that is so sweet. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is so embarrassing. So she was looking like, oh, what are, you, what are you doing? I can't believe you about to propose to me. Like, she was so nervous and emotional. On top of being pregnant, she started crying. I'm like, "Ah, oh, now you're really causing a scene. So within that, you know, I popped the question. I showed the ring, which was Vera Wang. So I did pretty well. I got her the ring and put it on her. And then she seen a Would You Marry Me dessert. And after that, we went home and watched Bob's Burgers. And it was a perfect night.
0: We didn't have a wedding.
1: We did like many people do. We went to a courthouse and got married, got our nuptials legally taken care of. Because at the time, we didn't have the money. We were moving out here to Los Angeles and um, it wasn't a last minute thing. It was like, okay, if we're gonna get married, we gotta get this happening. Get this going now before you move to California. It was December, it was December 4th. It was a Friday. Very cold, wasn't any snow on the ground. It was just really windy. We drove down there probably like six in the morning, went to the courthouse got married, and then we drove back up to Detroit and finished packing stuff. But I'm definitely going to give her the wedding of her dreams. We already know what song we're going to walk into during the reception. We already know who we're not going to invite, who we are going to invite. I know what we're going to have <laughs> for dinner. I know what dessert we're going to have. The cake is going to be made out of cheesecake, <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> I'm just talking crazy. Yeah, we, we definitely going to have it, I want to say, in the fall. That's our goal.
0: The wedding of my dreams, I would have to say, is definitely fall, fall fall-like. And so with that being said, I do see myself having my dream wedding in Michigan. As far as the cake, we're going to have to, you know, talk about the cake because it's all about the cake. So this cheesecake, we're going to have to discuss that. But I mean, aside from that, I always picture like a big wedding. But like Tristan says, we already have a list of some people that we're not going to invite. And then we have our list of friends and family for sure that's front row, front seat. So they're definitely gonna be there. But I just want it to be fun. Like I envision, you know, my sons being there with our first dance, which is gonna be awesome. (laughs) It's definitely gonna be a night to remember. I know it's gonna happen. Given the fact that where we were on December 4th of 2015, we were literally thinking ahead. So I was okay not having a wedding right then and there because the money we saved up was for us to move out to Los Angeles so we can pursue our dreams. And so that was a compromise and a sacrifice. Yes, I received a lot of people in my family looking down on that because they felt like, well, you're not gonna have a wedding? Like seriously, like so, What's happening? So, I did catch like a little pushback from people with that. But aside from that, like we already had our game plan. So, I was okay with that. So, as long as I do end up having it, we're okay. What I love most about Tristan, our marriage, I would definitely have to say is. Our communication, our understanding of one another, that mutual respect, because it's important when you're in a relationship, a marriage, any type of union, if you don't respect one another, you don't have anything. You know, I can take from, you know, past experiences, whether it was directly or indirectly, and I just see how people will talk to each other. It's important to be heard and feel like you are being heard. But if we have a disagreement, we don't end it where no one is saying anything. Like we'll both come back and we communicate and say, you know what, I could have said this differently. I apologize, I'm sorry, how are you feeling? We always do that. And I respect that from him. It's just the respect, is the communication, the honesty, the transparency. So I love that about him.
1: What I love most about Rashida is her relentless determination. She has kuth, her class, her beauty. Uh, Just a bunch of things. And most importantly, her nurturing spirit. You know, when I'm out working or whatever the case may be, my mind is always on my family. So I want to make sure that not only are our boys good, but she's good because juggling these two is a handful. So I like everything about her. Like I tell she's a unicorn. So I just find this mysterious mystique about her that, that I admire so much. I tell her that, but she don't believe me.
0: What I'm most excited about looking ahead about our future is just the foundation that we created. We personally created this foundation. We've been through it, you know, trials and tribulations, financial setbacks, growing together, you know, experiencing what we call parenthood. And I'm excited to see, looking back, what we've created and how it's blossomed, how it's progressed and just Being in this beautiful home and kicking back, our boys are running wild, free in the backyard and they just have open space. And it's just like, wow, it's really the good life. And it's very comforting. So when I think about the future, it's a comforting feeling.
1: When I think about our future, uh, I think the same thing. Big house that I'ma build, have built, that we probably will never leave from, or we'll pass it down to our kids. Having successful paths in our careers each, Building the foundation for sure. We want to have more kids. We come from good families that are like, I guess you say big families. So I definitely want to have a big family and just the notion that we're good. You know, I want my family to never have to worry or need. You know, it's always there. I want to be a protector for my kids. Until they're 50, I'm still gonna say, you guys are my baby. I see our future as being rich in spirit, monetarily, and everywhere else. For listening to Our Love Story, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and on Twitter at Parcast Network. For more episodes of Our Love Story, follow us on Spotify and check out other Parcast originals, all available on Spotify. Our Love Story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristin Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristin Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigvidotter.